Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. So many times we look at the Holy Spirit and we think, well, he's a, a, a mystical thing. He's a cloud. He's a force. He's a feeling or something of that nature. But the Bible says that he's a person. So if he's a person, then I can get to know him personally. And that's what he desires. He wants to know us. And if you recall, again, just in the last couple of weeks, and especially this past Sunday, we talked about just who he is. And the Bible says, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus said to us, he said, he's your helper. And if you recall, again, in that message, if you weren't here Sunday, you can go back and listen to it. It's in the archives on the website. But Jesus said four different times concerning the Holy Spirit. He said that he's other things. He's a counselor. He's a, a, a teacher. He's a, a comforter. But he also said that he's a helper. And again, he said it four times. The Holy Spirit is a helper. He's your helper. He's your helper. Well, so when you think about a person helping somebody, if you were to come to me and you were to say, can you help me? There's two elements of help that I can offer you. I can offer you help through the form of wisdom. I can give you instruction. I can give you wisdom or insight that I know that will help benefit your life. Or the other element of how I can help you is I can help you in strength or help you in power, right? Hey, I need help moving something. Can you help me move something? I need your strength or I need your power, right? So when it comes to the Holy Spirit, those are the two things that he can help us in. He helps us in wisdom and he helps us in strength or in power. So there is the wisdom of God that is in the person of the Holy Spirit. And if there's ever anything that you need to know, he knows the answer. And if there's power that's ever needed or strength that's needed, he is the strength giver. Amen. And not only does he want to give strength and give wisdom and give power to you to help you, he also wants to give wisdom and strength or power through you. Why is that? Because not only does he want to help you, he wants to use you to help other people. Amen? So now you say, well, how do I help God in wisdom or in power concerning somebody else? Well, have you ever had somebody come and say, man, I just need some insight and direction? And especially when it comes in the, in the form of, of spiritual direction. Well, I can give you a lot of good answers, but how many of you know that if I'm going to come to you for direction or wisdom, I want the wisdom of God that's on the inside of you, right? You might say, I don't know if I've got any wisdom of God inside of me. No, we do. And obviously, the more that you grow and learn in knowing him, the more that you trust the wisdom on the inside, right? Now, concerning the power that we're talking about, what is the power? It's, it's the anointing or it's the power of the Holy Spirit that God wants to help use us through or in different areas to be a blessing to people. But once again, many or most Christians don't get to the place of being a helper or a conduit for God or the Holy Spirit to use them as a helper because we're always wanting and needing help ourselves, right? God, I need wisdom help. God, I need strength or power, help. 
And as a result, I'm always needing for me and wanting for me. And it really is a result of me not knowing him that well. And so I never get to the place of where I get beyond me needing help and needing wisdom and needing strength for God to actually use me to help somebody else in wisdom and strength and in power. And so God wants to know us. He wants us to know him so that not only can he be the helper to us, but he can be the helper through us. And so with that being said, we've got to know the heart of God. In order for us to not only receive help, but to be a helper through God or God working through us, we've got to know the heart of God. We've got to know his heart concerning those particular areas. And like I said, excuse me, Many times we don't get to that place. In fact, for that matter, if I was to ask you the question, when's the last time that you just prayed for somebody? I mean, prayed for somebody that you didn't even know. Just felt God lead you to pray for them. At best, what we most of the times do say, well, you know, I'll pray for somebody at a distance. I heard they were going through something, so I just kind of threw a prayer up there and hopefully God heard my prayer. But I'm actually talking about you being somebody that says, you know what, God? I can pray for somebody. And when I pray, man, things happen. Do you have confidence in your prayers that when you pray, things happen because you know God and God uses you in your prayers? You might say, well, I'm just, I'm nobody. I mean, what what makes my prayers anything special? Well, if you know the heart of God and you know God and know that God wants to use you to be a help because of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, then you begin to have confidence in your prayers. I remember one woman, this is several years back, Uh, she was at the church and uh, she was unemployed at the time and she was going to Baker College and and she was saying you know I'm coming to the end of my unemployment and I, I, I really need a job she goes can you pray for me and I said well I said let's ask some questions first of all I said what kind of job do you need I said what's the amount of money that you need I said, what do you want to do? I said, do you want benefits? Or what is the criteria? I said, because when I pray, I said, my prayers get answered. I said, so we might as well get what you want. And so she says, well, I want at least this much an hour, and I would like to have this much hours per week, and I would like to have some benefits. And I'm like, okay. I said, are you sure that's what you want? She's like, yeah. So we prayed. Now, her unemployment came to an end, and so somebody might say, well, What happened to the prayers? She got an extension. So her unemployment went for, I think, three more weeks. Now, once again, somebody could say, well, what happened? How many of you know that God's working on your behalf in areas that you don't even know? And so the end of her three weeks came up on the extension of her unemployment. And Baker College, the place that she was going to school and the place that she just graduated from, offered her a job that was six dollars more an hour than what she was desiring gave her full time and benefits just like the word of God says that he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think well see I was a conduit you say well did you get that done well no God did it but I was confident in my prayer that when I prayed God was moving that God was listening, and because I was praying for, he, he, praying for her, he was going to do it for her because we agreed in faith. Amen? But as I said, many times we don't even get to that place. We just kind of throw the Hail Mary up there and think, well, God, hopefully you hear me. No, but when I know God, when he knows me, I know that I can pray in confidence and know that he hears me. But once again, in regards to knowing the heart of God, how do I know the heart or the will of God concerning being able to be 
a helper or being used as a help. The number one way that I know the heart of God is to begin to learn the Word of God. The Word of God gives me the general will of God that I can know His heart. Amen? And as a result of knowing His Word, I can begin to understand some things. Because through the Word of God, the Holy Spirit begins to teach me and talk to me. You see, there's a lot of believers that are Christians that feel as though they're not worthy. They feel like God is mad at them. They feel like God just wants to slap them upside the head, that God is keeping score, that God is just ready to squash them like a grape, right? But that's not God. But that's how so many times we feel, and even myself at times, like, God, I just messed up. But the Word of God tells me that God loves me. And as I begin to spend time in his word and just begin to search the word of God and the heart of God, I begin to discover how much he loves me. Now, you remember what I said concerning dating or being married to God? Well, once again, you know, us guys, we think, well, bless the Lord. You know, I got my woman. She ain't going nowhere, so I don't have to do anything to keep her now. And so we put the book on the shelf or just the effort of what it takes and we just go through the motions well once again when it comes to God I can date God and just kind of go through the motions or I can be married to God where I'm like God I just want to know your heart not that I'm trying to measure up or do something or to jump through hoops to get the approval of God but in the word of God I begin to hear the Holy Spirit talk to me and tell me I love you but God, and he says, no, there is no buts because in my love, I sent Jesus to die for you and he shed his blood for you and because of the blood, it's made you clean and I forgot your sins as far as the east is to the west. Yeah, but God, no, there is no yeah, but God because now I've made you righteous and in righteousness or you being righteous, you are in right standing with me. Everything is good between you and me and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to my heart because in the word of God conveys his heart and his will and therefore as a result, I begin to experience his peace in his comfort because I begin to know the heart of God through his word. Amen? So, I said, have you ever, or asked the question, have you let God use you to be a helper? When's the last time that you saw somebody that was sick and you prayed for them? Maybe you got somebody in your family that's got cancer and they're going to die. Have you prayed for them yet? And you're like, well, I don't, I don't know what to pray for them. The doctor said they're going to die. Well, why would you even question about praying for them? The reason that we question about praying for them is because we start to evaluate our own personal lives. I start to question and I start to think back to the times that I prayed and maybe it didn't come to pass. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe I didn't get the answers to my prayers like I thought to. And now all of a sudden I start questioning the power or the strength of my prayers to be a helper to somebody else. And because I've gotten kind of complacent or I've stopped being married to God and I'm still kind of in that dating process and therefore the word of God has not fortified the confidence of his promise to me that, that, if, that if I prayed for myself and stood on the word of God, I can be healed of cancer myself because it's God's promise to me. But apart from knowing his heart or his will, it won't give me the confidence to go pray for somebody else. Does that make sense? Why? Because I got to know the heart 
of God. I'm talking about knowing him. And so the word of God is an element or a component of knowing the person of God or the Holy Spirit begins to talk to me. Amen? And so therefore, if I know that God said that he loves me, that I'm in good standing with him, that the blood of Jesus was shed just so that I could have physical healing in my body. In fact, I've prayed for myself at times and I've stood on the word and I've said, God, you said that, set, that settles it. Therefore, if it says it, I have what you said. And I saw the power of God change my life, heal my body, set me free. And if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. So then therefore, when it comes to my family member or the co-worker or whoever it is that's sick, can I pray for you? What if it don't work? No, listen, God wants to use me to be a helper to somebody. Why? To say, well, look at the magical powers I got. No, it's not about the power that you have working through you. It's about the love of God wanting to be a blessing to them and show them, man, I love you so much. They may not even be a Christian. And so many times we get really rigid. Well, if they're not a Christian, what can we expect for them? Because they don't know how to believe God for anything. Listen, who cares? If you know God's a good God, if you know that God loves them, why don't you just dare to step out and say, God, man, this, can, let me pray for you because God loves you. God loves you. And just watch what God will do. You see, God wants to use you to be a helper. Why? Because there's wisdom of the Holy Spirit, strength and power of the Holy Spirit that's in you. Why is it in you? Because if we're believers, the Bible says that he has come to take his residence on the inside of us. Amen? And once again, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but if you recall, the Bible says concerning Peter, remember when he was going to the temple and he saw the man at the gate and the man, the man looked at Peter and they fixed eyes upon him and all of a sudden, Peter knew, ah, oh, God, you're up to something. God, you're up to, you want to do something. And he looks at the man and he says, I know you're looking to get money from me because you're the beggar that's always here. I don't have any money, but I do got something. I've got God in me. And such as I have, I give it to you. Listen. He says, such as I have, I give to you. So that means what's in you is able to be given away. And he says, I give it. So it's at your will that you give what's on the inside of you to somebody. Now, obviously, you've got to have wisdom in that. You can't go up to some stranger that just is, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> you know that they're not going to receive anything. You know what I mean? There's wisdom in everything. But he says, such as I have, I give to you. Rise up and walk. And the Bible says that when he did and said those words, the strength and the power of God came from him into the man, and the man went leaping and shouting into the temple being healed. Why? Not because Peter was some awesome Christian. In fact, if you look in the scriptures, you'll find out that Peter was a bonehead. I know some of you, you boneheads, and so that way you qualify. <laughs> right? I'm a bonehead too, so praise the Lord, we're qualified to be used by God. But I've got to know the word of God or the will or the heart of God in order to find out what's available. 
the promises of God. Remember I talked about being married to God or just simply dating God. If I'm gonna be married to God, well, let me say it this way. When I married my wife, I lost my life. The moment that I married my wife, it was no longer about me. It was all about finding her heart. Can't say that I've always done that well, but you know, that's the role that I'm supposed to play. I lose my life to find out how to make her life better. And so when it comes to our relationship with God, that's what God's saying. Will you give me you? Will you come to that place where you die to you? Now that's really difficult for people to hear because they, 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 you think all these weird things. All God is saying is that I just want you to give me your heart. Now let me, let me just ask you a question. If giving my life or surrendering my life to God means that I experience death in order to experience life, that would answer a lot of questions for people. Let me explain. If you've got a pornography problem, if you've got an addiction problem, if you've got an adultery problem, and you die, do you have any more problems? Come on, help me out. <laughs> I don't know what was bothering you before, but if you're dead, there's no more problem. Amen? So if I come to God and I say, God, I give you me. I give you me, God. I choose to die to me just so that I can experience your life. What happens? Those things that used to have a hold on me don't have a hold on me no more because dead people don't have problems. <laughs> Come on, man. So I'm dead to me and I'm alive to God because of the Holy Spirit working on the inside of me. Amen? So the word of God begins to help me know God and the Holy Spirit begins to convey and communicate the heart of God to me. Now, with that being said, there's two sides to this relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit while we're here on the earth. The word of God by which he communicates to us with, but there's also the Holy Spirit himself. So there's the Word and there's the Spirit. Now, let me bring a distinction here because, in fact, what I'm saying is turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians. I know you're all saying to yourself, am I supposed to bring my Bible tonight? I thought I was going to the golf tournament. I'm just messing with you. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Hopefully I'm on the right place. And I'm not. It's not the scripture. Where did I write that wrong? Down wrong? Come on. Let me try first. Or no wonder. Chronicles and Corinthians look very similar. But they're in different places of the Bible. I've only been a pastor for like 20 years now, all right? I'll get it together. <laughs> all right, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter... Where, where I, 
I won't. No, I was in the wrong place. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. All right, I'll get there in just a moment. All right. So, as I said, there is the Word and there's the Spirit. And there is a balance between the both. Because when it comes to the church or the body of Christ, you kind of get a select group of individuals. You'll get individuals that really focus heavily on the Word side. Well, it's the sanctity and the Word of God that we must live our life by and we must go by the Word of God. And that's absolutely true, right? It's the Word of God that begins to speak of the love of God and begins to prove God out. And that's absolutely true. But then on the other hand, there are those that say, well, wait a minute. Now, there is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our helper and our teacher. And it's the Holy Spirit that is in power and demonstration in this life and on the earth. And he wants, to, he wants us to experience that. And that statement is true. But unfortunately, what has happened is we've got people that take stands on both sides or on opposite sides, if you will. Well, it's the Word of God. Well, it's the Spirit of God. Well, it's the Word of God that we live by. Well, it's the Holy Spirit that guides and directs. And as a result, you get two people or two individuals that are on polar opposites but really are saying the same thing. And the fact of the matter is, is that the Word and the Spirit have to work together in order for us to experience, number one, the helper and to be used by the helper to be a help. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, it says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything being from ourselves, but our su sufficiency is from God. Now, verse 6, Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, or speaking of the law, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So what is that saying to us? That is saying that the Word of God is the letter of the law, if you will. And if you'll simply only live by the letter, the Bible says that it will kill. Why does it kill? Because it brings religion, it brings law, it brings rules to the body of Christ, and God said, you're no longer under the law. And so therefore, without the Spirit, what do we end up doing? Well, we got to be so prim and proper. Well, you can't make a mistake. You can't do this. You can't do that. And therefore, church becomes all about what you can't do. Right? And so it kills. And so there is no life. Have you ever been to a church where there is no life? I think, dear God, I mean, this is dead and a doornail in here. They sing Kumbaya, but it's like God never showed up to the service. Right? Because it's all about what you're not supposed to do. But then on the other hand, he says now, there is the Spirit. The Spirit or the Holy Spirit gives life. So does that mean you throw away the Word of God? No. It means that you don't specifically live by the letter of the law saying, Man, I got to keep it right with God. Oh, I don't want to mess up. Oh, I got to be just so. No, the Bible says that the word of God begins to express the heart, the will, and the love of God. But the spirit of God comes along and brings the life of God and makes this word not law, but makes it life. Amen? 
And so therefore, the word of God begins to give me the will and the heart of God. But now the Holy Spirit begins to bring the life of God into my life. To where now I experience him personally, intimately for myself. It gives or it brings life. Look over, if you will, to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 3. If you've ever wanted to know where Second Timothy, all the T's are together. Second Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 4. It says, Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God, have a form of godliness, but deny its power, and from such people turn away from. Notice what he says here. He says, there are those people that have a form of godliness, but deny the power. Well, what do we say the power was? The power is the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So in other words, we have a form of godliness. I come to church. I look like the model Christian. I, 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 I give my tithe to the church, but there's no life. Have a form of godliness, but I deny the power. Do you realize that if you just try to act like a Christian, you just do the Christian thing, you'll be so sick and tired of church. And before too long, you'll be out of church. Why? Because it's all about trying to have the form of rather than experiencing the life of God or experiencing the power of God. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. There are all kinds of people that are just going through the motions. But see, God says, I don't want you just to date me. I want you to be married to me because it's when you marry me that you experience the power or the presence and the helper in your life. Amen? He says, I want you to experience the power and the presence of God. Amen? All right, so as I said, when it comes to you praying for somebody, do you have the confidence that, listen, I'm just not going to go through the formalities of godliness. Oh, praise the Lord, brother. I'll pray for you. And Lord willing, you know, this turn, this thing will turn. Or do I believe that, man, I've got the power of God working on the inside of me and wants to work through me. And therefore, when I pray, God begins to do something. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let me give you a couple more things here before we wrap it up. I said, again, as a result, if we are questioning God's ability when we pray, it's really because we question the results that we've experienced in our own life. But notice what Jesus said. In Mark's gospel, John chapter 16, you can turn there if you like, Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 15, Jesus is giving his disciples, and when we say the disciples, these are the disciples he was speaking to at the time, and again, many have said, well, that was a commission he was giving directly to them, but this really, again, we see throughout the scriptures and the, the, the writings of the apostle Paul that this commission was actually given to the body of Christ. He goes on to say here, Jesus speaking, he says, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So is there still the preaching of the gospel? Sure there is. Does God desire for us to share or be witnesses of the gospel? Absolutely. 
So everything thereafter is applicable to you and I. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, and doesn't, who, he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, verse 17, he says, and these signs will follow those who believe. So in other words, if you're a Christian, he says, these are the things that you can begin to expect to show up in your life. There ought to be demonstrations. There ought to be signs. There ought to be proof that you're a believer. Come on. I said that I'm married to my wife. Uh, somebody help me out. What is some evidence or proof that she's my wife? What's that? A ring. I don't have my ring on today, but praise the Lord. I've gotten in trouble. for Yeah, <laughs> Sandy, she's only, I've seen you not have your ring on. Get your ring. <laughs> I need to have my ring on. <laughs> I was clean. A piece of paper. There you go. I got a piece of paper. What's that? We love each other. Absolutely. So there is evidence of saying that we are married. And because of the evidence, there is no question of whether or not she's my wife. When it comes to my kids, people have said there is no denying those are your kids, baby. <laughs> those are your kids. Why? It's because of the marriage. So therefore, there's evidence of a union. All right, so God said, Jesus speaking rather, he says, now, there is going to be evidence of a relationship that we have. If you're a believer, these signs will follow, the, follow those that are believed. He says, in my name, he says, you'll cast out demons. He says, they'll speak in new tongues. Now, once again, don't get all weirded out about that, speaking about demons. He's simply talking about you'll have authority over the devil. The devil don't have to rule over you. He says, uh, in verse 18, he says, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it will by no means hurt them. Now, it's not advocating that you play with snakes. He's just saying, if you, have a, if you get bit by a snake, he said, you can believe that it's not going to hurt you. All right, then it goes on to say this. He says, uh, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So again, he says, these are signs that follow a believer. So one of them is, is that if I pray for the sick, the sick has to recover. Come on. When it comes to my kids, there has been multiple times in, in my children's life that it's just like, you don't have any choice but get better, kid. Why? Because that's my kid. I've got authority over the enemy of what he's trying to do in their lives. And the Bible says that if I pray for them, they'll get better. So thank you, Lord, that when I pray, things are happening. And the sign of them getting better is the evidence of my relationship with you. He says, these signs will follow. So once again, I'm talking about you. God wants to help you. The Holy Spirit wants to know you. But do you want to know him beyond the point of him just helping you? Do you want to get to the place where you're saying, God, use me. You, man, how many of you just are, 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 are just bold enough to say, I want to get radical for God. Is, use me, God. Where you just, you just dare to believe to say, man, I'm going to pray for somebody at the supermarket and God, you're going to show up. Amen. I've told you this story before if you haven't heard it before. Uh, again, just in my early days of ministry and just growing in my relationship with God, I worked at General Motors and, and I was, I, as I was working there, I said, God, I said, I just want to learn to trust you for some things and you know, the Bible says that you'll supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory. And so, God, I'm working in the factory here and I'm thirsty and it's hot. I never had the privilege of working in an air-conditioned factory. It was always blazing hot, you know. And I said, God, I'm just believing that somebody will bless me with a drink. That somebody will buy me a soda today. 
And so this man just that day, just within maybe an hour of me working, he came by and he says, hey, he says, I'm going over to the vending machine. He says, you want a pop or anything? He said, I'll get you one. I'm like, yeah. So he came back. He brought me a pop. And he says, hey, by the way, my name's Angel. So God sent me Angel to get me a pop. What am I saying? I'm saying I'm learning how to trust God in the little things of life. Have you ever trusted God for a pop? Well, I can afford my own pop. No matter whether you can or not, I can afford my own pop too. I was just, I was saying, God, I want to have a relationship with you. You know, when my wife, when I say to her, say, hey, baby, can you get me a coffee? She don't say to me, well, you can make your own coffee. She don't say, well, you know where it's at. What does she do? Because she's in relationship with me, she does it because she loves me. Do I have the ability to get up and do it? Sure. Do I have the audacity to ask her to get it for me when I can get it myself? Yeah. (laughs) Why? Because I don't want to get up. And I know she loves me, and so she'll get it for me, right? Are you getting the point? And so God wants to use you. The Holy Spirit wants you to get out on the edge of your comfort zone. How many of you know that when it trusts God, there are times that you've got to get out beyond yourself, and sometimes it's uncomfortable because your question is like, what if it don't work? Big question is, what if it does? And what if God backed you up? What if God just did something amazing just to blow your socks off? And it wasn't anything about you. It was just about for somebody else. And God says, man, I was waiting for you to ask me to help you in that. Amen? Now, once again, as I said, so many times individuals say, well, that was for the apostles. That was for the disciples. Well, again, I don't have the time to really refute it, but I'll give you a couple of scriptures concerning that, just that idea. In Acts chapter 5, in Acts chapter 5, Starting in verse 12. You doing all right? Acts chapter 5, verse 12. It says, no, that's the wrong scripture again. I've done very poorly. Oh, I looked in chapter 6. See, I'm just, yeah, doing batting a thousand, man. Come on. Acts chapter 5, verse 12. Here we go. It says, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord on Solomon's porch. So, I set that up for the sake of it. It says, now, the apostles did it. It says, many wonders were done by their hands. Or in other words, they prayed for people and God showed up. He did what he said he would do in Mark's gospel. He said, these signs will follow. And so once again, there are those that say, well, yeah, there you go. There's the apostles. But notice what it says over here in Acts chapter 6. This is where I was going. Verse 5, it says, and the saying pleased the multitude. Now, the saying that they were talking about is that the apostle says, you know what? We've got so much that we're doing that we need to give ourselves to the word and to the time of prayer so that we can begin to minister to people. And there's other people that need to carry on the work of ministry. So it says that the sayings pleased the multitude, and they chose Stephen a man full of faith and of the what? The Holy Spirit. He was full of faith and of the Holy Spirit and Philip in, in, in whatever that guy's name is and whatever that guy's name is and Nick Nor and, and, and Tim in and uh, whatever that other guy's name, Nicholas. Uh, again, they were from Antioch. So it says not only did they pick Stephen, they picked these men as well. 
But now in verse 8, look at what it says. Actually, verse 7. It says, The word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Now, Stephen was not an apostle. He was just a man of faith. He was a man that trusted God. He was a man that had the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. And he says, God, I'll be married to you. I'll give you my life to be used by you. And as a result, the Bible said that God used him greatly. He ended up getting stoned later on. You know the story, how it goes. But nevertheless, the point is, is that God wants to use you. He wants to be real in your life. But God doesn't want to just be a God that is a genie in a bottle to help fix you and fix your problems all the time and help you out and be your helper. That's who he is. But he wants you to get to the place where you know him so well that you trust him. But then you go on to say, God, use me to be a helper to somebody else. Amen. And if you'll just dare to believe, if you'll just dare to say, God, who do you want me to pray for today? Who do you want me to talk to today? There could be somebody at Walmart, the gas station, at work that God has been talking to them and they just can't escape God and you come along and just love on them and share Jesus. It could be you that just helped them to experience eternity because the Holy Spirit used you to be a helper because the helper was in you. Amen? Amen. All right, we'll stop it there. Did you get anything out of it tonight? Did you learn anything? Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.